Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. We're presented by BetMGM. Hope you had a nice weekend. And it's not done yet, Michael Lombardi. Wildcard Weekend no. actually wraps up on a Monday. We'll get to potentially the rest disadvantage for the winner of the Cowboys and 49ers. But we say hi. Good morning. Good afternoon. How are you? Good morning. Happy Martin Luther King Day, Patrick. Yes. Hope everybody's celebrating, honoring Martin Luther King. Always try to learn something about him and uh, that you didn't know. I'll tell you, Hellhound, the book that I read uh, about his, tremendous the capture of his killer, James Earl Ray, or alleged killer, James Earl Ray, was fascinating. I didn't realize it took 100 days for us to find him, and we found him over in London, England. So great to study his career and, and celebrate his day. If you're close to my age, you did about 10 book reports on MLK and Babe Ruth. And I just kept recycling <laughs> the book reports throughout my career as a student. My finest my, moment in college, my finest moment in college was my college roommate wrote a report and to a, a, a psychology, I think uh, – some some department I was taking this class I ripped off the front page I put my cover on the exact same report he got a B minus on it I got called to the guy's office and I got an A on the report saying he never read anything as good as ever so you know that happens <laughs> you, you hoodwinked him you hoodwinked him okay so let's get started here five straight overs uh Michael, what's interesting is we talked about the Mackinac trend where the spread didn't matter. Actually, yesterday, the spread mattered in two games. Of course, Miami uh, losing by three, catching 14, and then Baltimore losing by seven, ends up closing seven and a half. Let's start with Miami and Buffalo. And I just wrote down in my notes, and I was talking to Elliot before the show started. You know, if you look at Josh Allen, you go 23 of 39. The average was good, 352, three touchdowns. But there's a lot of slop. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of fumbles. There's a lot of sacks. There's a couple of picks that shouldn't be thrown. It's like uh, he is he is a mirage, right? At times, you're just like, he's brilliant. He's an all-timer. And at times, it seems like he gets, he gets bored. Let's start with Josh know, Allen. I, you know what I wrote in my notes? Are we sure Josh Allen is a superstar player, or are we, or does he just make superstar plays? Good one. Like, I think that's, that's the question, right? Because we keep saying these turnovers and these mistakes are going to change, yet they never do, and they're dumb. Like, some of oh. the decision-making, like throwing the ball, you know, first and ten, throw a nine route, second and ten, throw another nine. Like, I have no idea what Buffalo's trying to do offensively. I have no idea. It's just a scattering of plays. They never control the game. Now, they have the ability to make plays, but, you know, like when they get a drop here or something doesn't happen, you know, they, they're, they're, they're on the thin line of losing games, and a lot of it comes down to his inconsistencies within the game. Like, that's what I felt like. Uh, like, I don't know if you can be the MVP of the league and play like he plays. Three turnovers. He's been fumbling the ball nonstop. Remember, the two quarterbacks... Well, he carries it. You see how he carries it? He, he carries sloppy. it like a loaf of bread. It, it's almost like he... It, 
you said it well. It, like the talent is overwhelming, but the play doesn't actually equal the talent. It's almost like he has to be reined in a little bit, and this will catch up to you. I mean, it's not going to catch up to you against the Dolphins. All the, do the Dolphins were pressuring him nonstop. It's not going to catch up as much with the Dolphins. But as we go deeper in the postseason, reason for concern for Bills Mafia here. I mean, look, they had 16 possessions in the game. 16 possessions. Now, the last possession was the end of the game. But, I mean, they, they have so many three and outs, punt, you know, then they get five-play touchdown, five-play touchdown. Like, they're just – it's either a three-run homer or we're striking out. Like, there's no consistency to what they do. And God knows they're talented. And, you know, nobody can cover digs. But, you know, but some – but they don't ever get the running game going – like, they keep saying they don't want to run Allen, but every time they need a play, they need to run Allen. Yeah. Like, I, exactly. I, you know, you know, he only ran four times yesterday, but, like, they don't ever establish. They never – nothing – to me, nothing fits. Like, okay, like Kyle Shanahan on on that third – that second and nine, he, he fakes the outside zone, and instead of bootlegging, he then sets up and throws that like a, a, like a seam down – like that, everything plays off of one another. Like for me in Buffalo, there's no play that sets up the next play. It is when you're watching Shanahan, it's a beautiful dance, right? It's almost like the next step and the dance step sets up the next play. And it's really kind of a beautiful motion to watch. Maybe with Dayball, and we'll get to Dayball and what happened in Minnesota, maybe with him leaving the Bills, there's a little bit of a disconnect because it's not necessarily what we talked about with the Patriots where it's play to play, but it doesn't seem as fluid as what you just referenced in the 49ers offense. Not at all. I mean, you know, it just doesn't seem like there's a flow and that there's so much inconsistency within the play. And then when you watch the tape, which I'll do later today, the inconsistencies with the decision-making, like, you know, taking the nine route over the, the, the over route that's wide open with digs. So, you know, like there's just some of that that goes on and, and they, they take the team that had no business being in the game with them that takes them down to a level that, you know, Miami had like 212 yards. They couldn't do anything. But, you know, they're, they're sitting there in the game because of what Buffalo was giving them. Yeah, I was surprised by it, Michael, because there's a significant home field advantage there. You know that. They were loud as all get out. But, I mean, that stadium was absolutely raucous. Uh, you jump out to a 14 nothing lead. I don't know if the Bills get, like, get bored. It, the way Allen plays, it's almost like he's he he does get a little bored. And remember, so it's Cincinnati, which is almost ironic here, but Cincinnati and Buffalo uh, coming up at open three and a half at a bunch of shops, been pushed up to four. So that's where we sit with the rematch there of the game. Uh, I'm a little short. worried. I mean, I, I mean, look, last night, I mean, I thought Cincinnati was the boxer holding on to the ring, just waiting for the waiting for the fifteenth round to come. Because they that offensive line has is now they've lost Jonah Williams at left tackle. They don't have Collins at right tackle. They don't have Kappa at guard. I mean, Karras is the only guy who's played all year. They got to play Carmen out at left tackle. That's going to be a problem for the whole game. You're going to have to chip. And God knows, my man Zach Taylor has no interest in keeping extra guys in for pass protection. So like, I, I and then their corner situation didn't look good. I mean, that they, they barely hung on to that game to win last night, and and I think that's going to carry over. That's why I think that line opened up at three. I think had they been healthy, I think that line opens up at three. But the unhealth of the of the Bengals going forward, I think pushed that line to four. Okay, let's do that. Let's jump ahead to Baltimore, Cincinnati, the nightcap. Baltimore, a seven a twenty four seventeen loser. 
Let's start in their locker room. So it was the Sam Hubbard fumble six, Michael historic 98 yard return. Everything tied up at 17s there. Ball on the Bengals two, third and goal, 12 minutes to go. Huntley tries to reach it too far out. Fumble. We go the other How way. How can you think Complete that was going to get over the line, Patrick? He, it was the one and well, a half you saw yard Harbaugh. line. Harbaugh threw him under the bus after. Said he was supposed to go. No, low. I didn't hear this. Harbaugh, John Harbaugh said Huntley didn't execute it. He was at that point two yards out. He was supposed to go low. He went high. That's not what we asked him to do. Mm, terrible. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, I was but, horrible. But I bring that up, Michael. Sorry to interrupt you, but I bring that up because coming out of the game, something you've been saying for a long time, including Greg Roman, there does seem to be some unrest. Your boy Lamar Jackson was not in the building. That's odd. Dobbins was very critical of the coaching staff and the play calling after the game, saying he should have been involved in that goal line package. So there's a lot going on with the Ravens here. Well, first of all, let's just go back to the two-minute warning in the game. I mean, that two-minute drill, I tweeted it out. It was like I was watching Army and Navy try to execute the two-minute drill. <laughs> it was horrendous. It was right? ugly. So we got the two-minute drill, and they convert the fourth down. And then they don't play with any urgency. They don't snap the ball again till 125. So they give away, they give away 35 seconds there, right? And then they come back with 117 to go. They get the penalty on the defensive holding, so they got first and 10 at the 28, defensive holding, and then they they throw it, they throw the check down to Dobbins, and then from that point on, they the clock, they don't snap it again until 37 seconds left to go. Like, what are we doing? And I said this on Mitch and Pauly today, and you and I know I've been saying this for years. The television should have, next to the under two minutes, they should have how many plays are remaining in the game in a big Bach letter so we could see it. Okay, and, and, and we would have seen that play start to remove itself for Baltimore like at a rapid rate, like a stock was going lower, right? Yeah, like if, yeah, if yeah. people would have visualized that, they would have seen how bad, you know, like they kept saying, well, you know, they're letting too much time go. No, they're letting plays go away. Forget the time. It's all about plays. Like that was as bad a two-minute drill. Harbaugh didn't call his second time out until 15 seconds left to go after it was a dead ball. Let's hear from John Harbaugh, execution late. I mean, you decide whether you're going to hand it off, take it off the line, hand it back in the backfield, or whether you want a quarterback sneak it. We felt we had a good call. It's a push-sneak play. Uh, um, you know, it wasn't executed just the right way. I mean, Tyler went over the top. That's a burrow play. He's got to go low on that. That's the way the play's designed. So uh, that, was, that was two to get it. Uh, you take it off the line of scrimmage, there's a chance. You know, you might score, but there's a chance it gets you in the backfield. Now it's hard to get it on fourth down. So two to get it there from inside the one. We felt like that was the best call. We just didn't execute, right? Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, mm. you know, it's funny. I, I love when they say that, but then when it was fourth and one on the drive later, they were in shotgun, and they ran quarterback power, and he got the first down after the two-minute warning, right? That's what he was – fourth and one, he was in shotgun. At fourth, it actually inches. He was in shotgun, and he ran the two minutes. So, like – I, what do I? I mean, I don't know. Everything is situated. Everything, I, 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 it changes all the time. It certainly does. That is, there's going to be some changes. I would assume. Obviously, I don't think we're going to see Lamar Jackson as a Raven. You got to move on from Roman. They moved on from Wink Martindale, which at this point seems like maybe it was short sighted. My assumption is they're going to switch it up there in a 24-7 loser, although they do cover the number, the Ravens. Okay, 
That's yeah. them. When we come back, let's go to the Bengals. I'm sure you're going to have plenty to say about the Bengals. It's interesting. Cincinnati and Buffalo playing each other. It doesn't feel like they're both coming into it in their prime. And then also we have to discuss a tremendous win for Dayball and the Giants at Minnesota. We're just getting started. We'll set you up uh, for Dallas and Tampa Bay coming up tonight. The number hasn't budged. It's two and a half. We're back. Monday edition of the Lombardi Line. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM is the king of sports books. You can visit BetMGM.com or download the new, newly reconfigured app. If you're in Vegas, stop by any MGM property. Bring your state issued ID and you're ready to bet within minutes. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Here's a good one from your boy MLK Jr. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy, Michael Lombardi there on Patrick Lover, of course, that's applicable to the postseason. That is no uh, doubt. I mean, you could find a million from Martin Luther King Jr., who was incredible, and it is incredible. his day, but that I think that applies. I think that applies well, Michael. His birth name was Michael King Jr., and his father went to Germany and studied the month, month Martin Luther and legally changed his name to Martin Luther King because of that. And that, that impact of that, of that. Uh, it was a 14th century monk who was a reformist and uh, revolutionary back in the day in Germany, and it felt and felt compelled, and so that's how we became Martin Luther King. That one made it into the book report, so I did know that, but I'm glad that you shared it. <laughs> let's go. Let's I'm just go. Trying to Bengals, help. as Dean Martin would say, I'm just trying to help a little bit. That's all. No, we no. It, it is useful, and it is his day, and we celebrate, no doubt. Dallas, Tampa Bay tonight, two and a half. We'll get to that in just a little bit. We did go Baltimore. Before we jump off of Baltimore, are you expecting changes? I thought it was odd that Lamar wasn't there because Lamar's the ultimate team too. guy. To not, he to was not there the be week there before. Odd. I know, I know, I know. He was Weird, there the right? week before. Like, why was he not there this week? Was was this week's rehab? I mean, look, I, I think there's obviously there there's a breakdown, and and not everybody is in a full alignment there. And I don't think you could rule out anything in Baltimore. I think Baltimore's going to do what Baltimore. Feels is in the best interest of what they should do, uh, and that could be trade them. That could be sign them. I think everything's up for grabs. I don't think anything's going to be tabled. I think when you go through this, I think this tends to wear on people's patience. I think the best thing they could do is step back, kind of let their emotions calm down of the season, where they are and where they're not, and then devised a long-term plan about where they want to go, not a short-term plan on what they have. You're not intimating potentially a change at head coach, are you? Oh, I don't think so. No, no, I wouldn't suggest that. I mean, look, I I love when people say that. Like, where are they going to get a better coach than, than no? There, than no, Harbaugh? he'd be he'd be unemployed for like 27 seconds. Like seriously, was... like you know, but but could they get a better coach than Roman? Well, if they change what they're doing offensively and they change the quarterback, maybe they could. You know, I I don't know how. It, it's not obvious to any Baltimore Raven fan that they have no passing game. Now, they run an academy offense, and they do it well. There's no denying it. I mean, they can run the ball. I mean, you know, like if, if Roman was coaching at, at at North Carolina or one of those schools, you know, where, you know, you didn't have to have a sophisticated passing game and you could run the ball out of all the – yeah, good, go ahead. But, you know, when you need to run two-minute drill and you're – essentially that two-minute drill that they ran from the two-minute warning – 
you know, they took a minute five off the clock. They reduced the game to where they only had the ball. They only executed plays for 55 seconds. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Cincinnati's locker room. A 98-yard touchdown on the fumble six. The offense, look, there's familiarity there with these two teams, so maybe you cut Cincinnati a little break on offense, but they certainly didn't look overly crisp. Your take on the Bengals here. I mean, look, I think it's the same thing we dealt with last year. I think this line, now they're worse last year. At least last year they had Williams, who's not a great left tackle, but at least he was out there. Now they're really debilitated. I mean, Carmen's a guard. He got benched as a right guard. He's played a lot last year and got benched. They move him over to left tackle. I know he played at Clemson there, but, I mean, this is going to limit what they do. And when they couldn't really run the ball with Mixon in there, it, it becomes it compounds problems further and further down the road. And I just don't think they're as good as they were last year on defense, Patrick. I think without the one starting corner, I can't say his name, Cheedy, and then you know yesterday last Eli Apple got hurt. I don't think they're the same team defensively. I think that's the concern. They don't rush the passer the same way they did last year. I think you're right. And I think that's I think a problem. Right. And so I, I think that they're not the same team, you know, and, and they're not able to do that. And I just think Burrow is going to have a harder time with this offensive line as as they go against teams that can rush. And I don't think Buffalo can rush that well, but they should be able to put some pressure on them. Now, they should be able to run the ball against Buffalo. God knows Miami didn't even try. Cincinnati Buffalo, four. Some shops open four, four and a half. Some shops open three and a half. So all over, we've settled in at four with Buffalo laying it, hosting Cincinnati. Did that surprise you it was that low? I think uh, that injury moved the line. I think the injuries moved the line. You might be I think the health of, I think the health of this offensive line and who's going to play and who's not available, I think, that, I think it opened it up because, let's face it, anybody who watched that Buffalo team play yesterday, you're not, you're not running to the table to bet on them, Mm-mm. are you? No. Absolutely not. It was uh, it was a win. It was a celebration for the metric community as Minnesota stays home and goes home. They lose and fall to the Giants. You had that. You were really into that game as far as the Giants. They were catching two and a half, three, depending on where you shopped. It's a 31-24 winner. And honestly, the big story coming out of this is Daniel Jones was tremendous. Yeah, I mean, look, he was. And I think that, that, that Kafka called a really good game. But let's not let's not go down the road of 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 creating the Dick Vitale moment here for Daniel Jones. He played really good, but that's a really bad defense on Minnesota. They're slow, Ugh. you know, and they can't run. They can't cover. They can't play man to man. They're worse in zone. They can't rush the passer. And so, you know, I think that 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 from playing them the first time. I really felt like the Giants would have a really good handle on how to get to what they wanted to. And I think the key to the game was Jones's ability to run the ball, right? He ran it very effectively from the six-back offense to just when he was in drop back. His accuracy was outstanding. And then Barkley in the passing game. I think Barkley in the passing game made a huge difference because I wouldn't have like nine carries of the football but I think his ability to make plays in that passing game was really the difference. And, you know, we, and, and in the past, Barkley's been so bad in pass protection, he's been a liability when he's on the field. But he's got five catches for 11.2 yards. You say, well, that's not a lot. That, to me, was the big difference in the game. It changed everything. Yep, nine rushes, 53, but you mentioned the five catches. And it seems like opportune catches. Every time he made a catch, it was a big play. It's weird. Barkley seemed to get tired 
midway through the year, Michael, towards the second half of the year, and he looked fresh yesterday. He really yeah. did. How about Jones? Every time those read options, he was keeping the ball, right? I mean, he was. Yeah. He was we know he can run it. I mean, look, he was on a pace to run it a ton this year. You know, I mean, he was when I wrote that six back column for Visa a while back. I mean, he was one of the leading runners. I mean, you know, I know he kind of caught Minnesota by surprise. It shouldn't have because that that to me is what I had a problem with Miami. Like, why didn't Miami with Skylar Thompson get some six? I mean, if, if this guy is supposed to be such a genius in the run game, and he's incredibly brilliant and all this stuff. Like, why didn't they put the quarter, run a six-back offense? To go into Buffalo and throw it 45 times and think you're going to win with a rookie quarterback? I mean, are, are we kidding ourselves here? Well, and people say, well, that his best, his best players are at receiver. Okay, I get that. Well, give them the ball to the backfield, you know? I mean, give them the ball to the backfield. Like, like, why are we putting so much on the quarterback? If he's supposed to be a, a, a genius in the run game, Whereas I think that, you know, to me, I think what Daniel Jones did is he, you know, by him being in the run game, it opened up so much more. I mean, if that holding call or or the illegal motion call, I mean, let's face it, that you know, that, they, that was another red zone touchdown they had there. What is with the disastrous coverage from Minnesota that you can go back to Zimmer? They've had troubles covering. And I, I, did they think Hawkinson was still with the Detroit Lions? Because Hawkinson on that drag route just across the middle, he was open literally all game. He had, what, 11, yeah. 10 receptions for 129, an average of almost 13 for the tight end. Right. But that's, that, was, that was planned. And here's why. You go into the game and you say to yourself, if you're Don Martindale, okay, Hawkinson could have his 10 catches, get 120 yards. He ain't beating me. If I don't stop Jefferson, I lose. Here's the other one that no one talked about, which I think was the key to the game. If I don't stop Dalvin Cook from catching and running, then I'm going to lose this game. Cook had six catches for 10 yards in the game. What does that tell us? That tells us the screens were taken away, which tells us that if you're going to play zone and you're going to play, you know, screens can get into effect on zone because if you can block them, you got a chance to get a big play. They took that cook away. So the two best players, what, what's the key to winning playoff games? Your best players have to play best. Between Jefferson and Cook, they had 13 catches for 57 yards. Yeah, You're not winning incredible. that game. You're, You're not right. winning that game that way. So let Hawkinson – It's to me, Hawkinson is no different than Keenan Allen for the Chargers. Good player, really good player. Let him have as much as he wants. I can't let these other guys beat us. Let Hawkinson eat. Jefferson, keep him in front of you. Seven for 47. Seven receptions, 47. I guarantee he didn't do that all year. Seven for 47. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, and he, I mean, nobody said this on the broadcast. I mean, Wink's, in, Wink's got seven defensive backs on the field, and they refuse to run the ball. Martindale's got to get a head coaching job. And by the way, did you see D- Dayball is the best because after it, he kept on, he was asked about Daniel Jones incessantly, and he's like, yeah, he was good. He was good. He's underplaying yeah. it. That's a free agent right there. We don't want to over we don't want to oversell you on what we have at quarterback. Although Jones did play very well. When we come back, how'd the books do? Thomas Gable from the Borgata here on the Lombardi line. You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, I'm adding up the plays for your boy. 
Thomas Gable today. I think he's got five in college basketball. One, two, three, four, five. He's got six plays today. The reason I bring it up is because if you become a VEASAN pro for $9.99 right now, you can get Thomas Gable's basketball plays in college hoops, pro tools, pro picks, pro tips. Michael mentioned the article he wrote about winning in the postseason. That's also for VEASAN pros. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's all there. Make sure you check it out. We're back. Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. We head to Atlantic City and say hi to our partner, he runs the race and sports book at the Borgata. He is Thomas Gable. As we say hi to TG, you know, Michael and I, let's start here. We were surprised that Cincinnati number closed seven and a half at most shops. Did you close at seven and a half? Yeah, we did. Uh, and it, with the game landing seven, it wasn't a good a good thing for probably most, most books. It was certainly a bad case for us. Um, so that one, I'll tell you, that was the only game that we really had liability on yesterday we the the dolphins bills and the giants vikings were very evenly bet we had we had more liability on the warriors bulls game than we did on <laughs> one of the two first nfl games yesterday it was just they were very evenly bet games um had a lot of late miami money come in we we had late minnesota money come in so it really balanced things out um and we were in decent shape up until the uh, the Ravens and the Bengals game last night, but everybody's been in Baltimore uh, yesterday. So that, that number came all the way down to seven and a half there at close. Hey, hey, TG, I can't believe you didn't have liability on the Sixers-Laker game. I mean, God almighty. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. I couldn't – I was flipping back and forth. I was so kind of going back and forth on that. Loved watching that. Anyway, did you know – Did you see how I, that I, ended with your boy? Did, with of your course boy I did. Uh, dribbling it around and shooting the fadeaway jumper? Of course, I saw that, and then I saw your boy Westbrook decide that he was going to play gunner and just hold the ball the whole time, even though LeBron couldn't miss the entire night. That's just what I want. I want I want Westbrook shooting when LeBron's on the court. Okay, moving right along. Let me ask you this. I asked this to Patrick, and I want it from your perspective. Cincinnati ended up winning the game. I think, fortunately, great play. We'll see it a million times going forward, but... Did you open this with the idea how beat up Cincinnati is as they go forward? I mean, they lost a lot of guys last night. Well, especially in the offensive line. The the Bengals Bills game, you mean? Yeah. 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 So so we opened it for and yeah, I mean that's a big that that's a big issue for Cincinnati. Now listen, Buffalo did not look good at all. Josh Allen certainly was uh not great yesterday. Um Miami, you know, I think a lot of a lot of Bills backers here at the they were um, they were had some fear in their hearts uh, with the way Miami was playing, so um, and, and the way Buffalo looked. But yeah, I mean, you have problems here with both teams, and the injury and the injury on the offensive lines, you said, certainly is going to to play a role here. Uh, Bills four at home. Uh, that's where it currently sits. I think almost everybody is at four when you look across the board. Uh, right now for that game, I think maybe a few four and a halfs out there, but uh, that's pretty much it for and and as you said, that offensive line, uh, you know, they already have issues there, and losing someone else is, is not going to be a good thing for them. Let me ask you both this, Michael. You saw the number, so the Giants at Philly. What really st- stood out to me yesterday while watching those games, I'm like, man, that buy is so big this late in the year for these teams, but. Were you surprised at it, Thomas? Did you open seven or seven and a half here with the Eagles hosting the Giants? Seven and a half, and it's it's 
you'll see it bounce around between seven and seven and a half, but this is just going to be a monster game for us uh, here. It's with both of these teams and the way that the the Giants, they're, listen, this team I think really believes in themselves at this point. Dable has them playing as good as they possibly can with the talent that they have. And I am not someone who's going to say that uh, Dable will be outcoached by Sirianni on Saturday night. I think it could certainly be the other way around. Uh, So, Seven and a half. I'd probably uh, take that seven and a half right now. I love the Giants. I love the Giants, Michael. Except, give me the hook. I'll take the Giants all day, Michael. Yeah, you know it's funny. I, I mean, like, look when they played, uh, when they played Philly back on like fourteen of the season in the Meadowlands, they were not healthy. I mean, they weren't healthy. That game went off. That game there went off at seven. That closed at seven there. And so now they're playing home, and it's just seven. So that tells you what the book thinks about the little bit about the Giants, right? And that wasn't a game. I mean, the Giant, the Eagles put forty-eight on them that day, and yeah. and they couldn't they couldn't move the ball. And Hertz was healthy, and they kind of took that game over. And the, the Giants had no answer. Now the problem that then was the Giants weren't healthy. Adoree Jackson, all that. They got to figure out a way. They, the Giants are going to have to figure out a way to be fast and hold up in the run. Because they, their linebackers are too slow to match to Philly. They can't do it. So they got to come up with a way, how do we be physical enough to match up to the run and still be able to be fast enough to cover it? Because the Smith kid and all their linebackers, if you just watched them yesterday, they're just not fast enough. I'm just marveling. So for those that don't know, you know, a lot of Jersey is essentially Philadelphia. It's weird how Half and where, where Thomas is, like Atlantic City. I mean, the Giants in Philly, that handle is going to be ridiculous, Thomas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I was saying that to, to people uh, last week. I, you know, the Giants win and uh, here against uh, Minnesota, we could have that matchup. And it's just going to be just a monster game for, for us, for Atlantic City as a whole, because you know, the book was filled with Giants fans. Yes, the whole casino, I think, was filled with Giants fans yesterday. I mean, so you just you have such a big New York presence here. And as, as you said, Philly, South Jersey is basically an extension of Philadelphia, uh, where, mm-hmm. we, where we sit and where we live. But you have such a big New York presence that comes down uh, to Atlantic City as a, as a customer base. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a divided book in here. I think on Saturday night the energy is going to be off the charts, uh, and it's just going to be a phenomenal handle. Yeah. I mean, okay. So that being said, where do you see this line closing it, it, on, on, by the time the ball gets kicked? I think you're going to see this go back and forth between seven and a half and seven all, all week, Michael. I, I don't. You know, it's going to close one or the other, but I think books are going to toggle back and forth on this number all week. Okay, so the important lesson there for new bettors, if you're betting the Giants, you have to find a seven and a half. If you're betting Philly, you have to find a seven. Let's go to tonight, Dallas-Tampa Bay. Michael's 2-0 and coming into his pick tonight uh, for Wild Card Weekend. Where are you, two and a half with Dallas, and what are you going to need? Yeah, we're two and a half. Uh, Michael, did you lay the two and a half here with Dallas? 
Yeah, I did. I, I laid the two and a half. I, I, I don't I like the I mean, I think the Cowboys, unlike the great Bill Berman, another cowboy uh enthusiast that we have here, uh I'm not you know, I'm not playing possible. I think they they're the better team. They should win. They have more talent. You know, they, they, their quarterback has to play better. I grant you that. But they they should be able to, I mean, they could win the game. And if they can keep the one Mike Evans from making a big play, they could. I mean, Carolina Carolina would be in this spot right now, A, if D.J. Moore kept his hat on, and B, if they would have had – if, if uh, J.C. Horn would have been healthy, they would have stopped them. They moved the ball on them. Yeah, l- listen, I think, as you said, Dak obviously needs to play better. Uh, since week 12, he's thrown 11 interceptions, which is the most of any quarterback in that time frame, and ended up tied for the lead league with 15. And that's with him missing what, what he missed five games, I think, this year. So, um, and, and I know that there's uh, there's going to be a little bit of a home field advantage there for Tampa, but I think still at laying the two and a half, I think Dallas that's probably uh, the better play right now. Here's the reason you're getting a lot of sandbagging from Berman and the rest of the Cowboys fans, Michael, because the Bucks stink. The Bucks are a bad football team and Cowboys are nervous because they're taking on a team that's obviously easily beatable. And if they choke, it's just a bad look for the Cowboys and the Cowboys contingency. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, but they still have Brady, right? So you're always, yeah, I, think the, sure. I think the fear of Brady is so much in part. If you of it. can't beat this look, Bucks team though, you don't deserve to win a Super Bowl. Let's be right. I, I mean, you know, I mean, I think if, okay, let's put it this way. Ask Kyle Shanahan who he'd rather play. Interesting. You'd rather scheme up against Brady or rather scheme up against Dak, who Thomas Gable just admitted is throwing pickles left and right to anybody that wants him. So, but you got Pollard, you got Zeke, you got the receivers. Yeah, you know, I'd you rather prepare for the Bucks. Uh, yeah, me what too. What about you? Me too. Yeah. All right. Here's the deal. You. I'm going to give out one free from your six plays today in college hoops, just because I laughed when you sent it to me. Uh, Thomas Gable likes Georgetown catching the 14. That program is such a freaking disaster right now. The fact that you're backing them, they fall apart every second half, Thomas. I was, I was really hoping Ewing would be gone by today, but uh, (laughs) he's not, he's still on the sideline. He is. Well, good luck to you. Again, you can get those plays, $9.99. That's part of the package right now, Thomas Gable's college basketball plays. Thomas, good luck tonight. Appreciate you. Thanks, TG. Right, thanks, okay, step into my office. Some good ones Uh-oh. next here at Lombardi Line. Yep. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Single first touchdown scorer prop. Any Monday or Thursday night NFL game. If it loses, you receive up to $25 in free bets. That's a great deal all season long over at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER. Go check it out. Single first touchdown scorer prop tonight with Dallas headed to Tampa. Okay, we welcome you back. This is the best time of the week as we step into Michael Lombardi's office. Uh, Some hard conversations need to be had, and that's what we do on a Monday here on the Lombardi line. So let's start here. Dean Spanos. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's going to check the couch cushions for some change. Payoff Staley. What would you tell Dean Spanos, the chairman and owner of the Chargers, moving forward? You know, Dean, I I have uh, great respect for you, your family, 
and what you've done for the, the, the great city of Stockton and given back to the University of Pacific, I think this really boils down to one very fundamental question is can this coach deliver on what you hired him to become? After two years, as you evaluate that, don't look at one decision. Don't look at the, the stupidity of not play, of, of eliminating the starters. Don't look at the game decisions this past week. Take time and go over the body of work over the last two years and really collect the data that you need to decide whether this is a short-term problem or if it's fixable on the long term. And I think what you're going to find when you do that is you're going to find the mythology that's attached to so many of these coaches through the media. And I think in your position, with your wealth, you need to step back from that and not allow that noise to bother you. So what I would do is say, I hired Brendan Staley because I was really good on offense and I have a generational quarterback. And if I get my defense to play at a very high level, I would be outstanding. Great concept. The problem is, over the last 30-some games you've watched him coach, that defense has underachieved. As you watched him over the last 30-some games, every decision he's made has not been very good. In fact, you could make the argument that if he would have adopted the George Costanza model of doing George opposite and do Brendan opposite, he might have actually been better. So I don't think this is a hard decision. I think it's an easy decision if you look at the lens of the last two weeks. But I think it's a really easy decision if you look at the lens through the last two seasons. It's what you should do. So if you want to gain any credibility, or if you have any interest in selling this franchise moving forward, you're going to have to invest in a coach that's going to give your brand some stature and some clout. Right now you don't have it. You would suggest hire Sean Payton, correct? I would suggest hiring Sean Payton. I would suggest not overpaying for Sean Payton. I would suggest hiring somebody that I thought could lead the team, that was experienced to lead the team. See, because what he lost on Saturday night was the lack of experience. See, Staley never got his team ready ever all through the year to be able to be balanced. It was too easy to throw it. Like I said yesterday on the show, it's too easy to run wide stick run spacing, get four yards. But when you have to run the ball and win the game or eat clock up, you know, you can't go into the second half up 27-7 to and call 25 passes and eight runs. You called eight runs for 20 yards. One of those runs was for 13 yards by the quarterback scramble. You never got your team ready to play playoff football. A head coach, that's what his job is during the year, is to see what lies distantly in the future. Thank you, Mr. Spanos, for your time. Step out the office because stepping into Michael Lombardi's office is Lamar Jackson. He's 25 years old. He's a league MVP. What would you suggest? Remember, he represents himself with his mother. You know, Lamar, I would say this to you. Look, nobody loves you like your mama. And, you know, you're always going to love your mama. And she deserves to be involved. But I would hire somebody from the outside. And I would tell them, I want you to do the deal. I will pay you 1% of the contract, uh, and I'll give you some of my marketing rights outside. But here's what I want. I want to go somewhere where they're going to fully guarantee my contract. And I'm going to step out of this, and I'm going to see how you handle that. Lamar, you need to be able to buffer yourself between the team and the player. Because sometimes what happens in these negotiations, the reason you need buffers is so that nobody takes it personally. You always need somebody to blame. 
You want, and that's what they do. When you, know, when you ask for it, it's coming from you. But when your agent asks for it, the club can think it's coming from him. And that little bit of a distinction allows them not to get mad at you. And then allows you not to get mad at them. So you kind of need this because there's too much friction built up here. Like, I know she's going to do the best for you. And I know she loves you. But you need, you need a buffer between what they're saying about you and what you're saying about them. And that creates this animosity that has been building up over too long. And somebody's going to make a bad decision. It's not going to be you because you have all the right, you have all the leverage. You're the player. It, you're the player, but they may trade you somewhere where you may not want to go, or you may go somewhere where you don't feel comfortable. And I think that's that's why you need to have somebody with experience representing you in this situation. An impartial third party, aka an agent, diffuses awkwardness. They take the emotion out of it. The organization, the player, the principal, they, it, it's, you, you just you said it very well. Okay, enough of me. Let's say goodbye to Lamar Jackson and bring in Josh Allen. Michael, have a hard conversation with Josh Allen here. Yeah, I look, Josh, I think you're the most talented player I've seen. I, I marvel at your ability, and I'll be the first to admit to you that I was dead wrong on you being able to improve your accuracy. I've never seen it before in my career. I don't know if I'll see it again. But you have proved me wrong on that. And, I, and not because you proved me wrong, you taught me something. It can happen. So my eyes open to that now. But the problem you're having now is you're trying to be something that you're not. You become a diner. You're trying to do everything. And you can't cook everything good. Like a diner doesn't cook everything good. You can't do everything. Like you've got to focus on what your strengths are, what really matters. I'm not telling you to play conservatively, but I'm telling you to focus and get Dorsey to kind of hone this in. Because what I've seen happen with you, and this has affected your game, is Dorsey is now trying to give you things you like, and you have a playbook that looks too big. You have a playbook that, that kind of just rambles on and on, and it doesn't have any symmetry to it. And a lot of that is because of you, because of your talent. You can do anything. But at some point, you're going to realize in the next year or two that you have to come back and say, here's who I am and here's what I want to become. And you've got to hone that in and execute and get better at it. Like, we need to repeat things to get better at them. And this inconsistency, this ability to make these elite plays but not play with elite consistency is what's going to damage your chances to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. So you've got to make a decision at this point in your life. Do you want to go and win the MVP? And get, the, and get the Lombardi Trophy? Or do you just want to be recognized as a great, great player who doesn't win games that matter and turns the ball over in the red zone? It's really up to you because you can do it. You've proven you can do anything you want to do. But if we don't fix this offense, and it starts with you, if we don't fix the offense, we're not going to beat anybody good. There's your social clip. Perfect answer. That's Josh Allen. I want to get this in. Two and a half minutes. Mike McDaniel. Year one goes to the postseason. You heard that it was miscommunicated on that fourth and one play. He thought he had a first down. So obviously growing pains for the Dolphins head coach. Look, Mike, I mean, I don't know. You know, I know you've been advertised as being the greatest run game coordinator in the history. But at some point, you got to play in the game. And I know you've told everybody that you call the plays. The defense runs their scheme and the special teams. But alignment only occurs when, they th when three things work in perfect harmony. And you're going to get fired if you don't figure that out. Like, you're going to get fired if you don't figure that out. I don't care who you hire as your next defense coordinator. We know you're going to look for one. You're going to get fired if you don't put those threes in perspective. And so you've got to make a decision. 
Do you want to be this kind of weird-looking guy who can't lead, or do you want to become a head coach? I mean, it's up to you. I, I prefer you can become a head coach because maybe you could help out some of these other areas. But right now, in this building, no one sees you as a leader, and no one sees you as the guy that can take them to the next level. <laughs> the weird, dude, that made me laugh. You want to be? He had a pretty sweet hat on. He was also. You saw the clip. He, he was ripping on some um, nicotine during on the sideline. He's a different cat. He's a different person. They knew that when they hired him. Uh, his it's yeah, but funny you see, he, was, he plays nice in the sandbox. He plays nice. Like I would argue, they're better on offense with him. They're worse as a team with him than they were with Brian Flores. Step into my office. Tremendous job. Some hard conversations that needed to be had. By the way, we're expanding daily here, not just on the Lombardi line, but of course on VSIN. You can hear VSIN on Sports Map Radio across the country. I want to get this in because great radio stations like Motor City Sports Talk 93.5 and 99.1, The Roar in Detroit, Michigan. How about that, Michael Lombardi? On love it. the Big D. So we'd love to see it. Love it. And we welcome all the new listeners across the country on Sports Map Radio. Not just to the Lombardi line, but of course to VEASAN. I always like to say this, you want to get your VEASAN experience started, just go to VEASAN.com, sign up for the daily newsletter. It's free, and you can kind of build on your experience from there. We're going to come back. Let's jump into, of course, Dallas. You got Berman texting about his Cowboys. Let's jump into Dallas and Tampa next. Here, Lombardi line. 